This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines. American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. The New York Post recently published an article about single woke females. For the first time in American history, the majority of women between 18 and 35 are voluntarily opting out of the traditional pathways of marriage and parenthood. Among liberals, it has become a total obsession. Yet nobody on the left can answer the question, what is a woman? Birth rates are dropping for many reasons, some of which are downright depressing. A lot of people are asking, what's the point of starting a family? It's strange and it's awful. And it's a it's a suicide note for humanity. Because of the importance of parenthood and because it is rooted in thousands of years of love and meaning that is so enormous, it's often impossible to describe. The last time uh, today's guest was on this podcast was three or four years ago, and she wasn't a parent. She wasn't married. Um, And this has led her into an incredible transformation. She hosts the Walk-Ins Welcome podcast and recently started her podcast with her husband. What is it like working with a spouse? I hope we can get to that today. Today's guest can talk about anything to anyone with the ease of a gifted storyteller, a brilliant writer and humorist. She's uh, tweeted earlier this week. I have some thoughts on the future of human civilization for anyone who can't get Elon on their podcast. Please welcome Bridget Fetessy. Before we get to Bridget, let me tell you about home title lock. When was the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it is way too late and the, and the, uh, the criminal's already gone. Take this homeowner, for instance. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. Not at all. Turns out she was the victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and taken over as the new owner. Now she's having to fight to get her home back. Your home, property, equity, your most valuable assets, they're all up for grabs. May I suggest you hire Home Title Lock to protect your most valuable assets. Home Title Lock. Go there now, HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save. HomeTitleLock.com. It is so 
good to see you. Welcome it's so, back. So good to be here. Thank you yeah. for having me. You were on the radio when you were pregnant. Yes. Um, but the first time we met about four years ago yep. mm-hmm. and you look great. Thank you, you. You look healthy. Yeah. Uh, and I know just in listening to you and, and corresponding occasionally that you are much healthier and happier and all these changes in your life. Yeah. So we're going to get it, get to that here in a second. But um, you were just telling me right before we started that you had an <laughs> Uber driver from Venezuela. I just love talking to the Uber I, I do always too. talk to them. Right? I want to know their whole story. It's I'm so like, great. how did you end up in Dallas? How right. did you, he was in Florida first and then he came to Dallas and it's a really funny story about air conditioning sales and, and his sister was here. And so then, um, but he was talking about how prosperous Venezuela was. And oh, yeah. he said when he was a kid, he was nine years old and he was sent to America to learn English and mm. and just what he didn't really want to come here but then he saw the conditions deteriorating and he started talking to me and he said that he said I always kind of just gauge if my my passengers can handle you <laughs> know truth. what level of conversation <laughs> I can have with them. <laughs> he said because people have gotten really mad <laughs> and I and then he started saying the thing everyone kind of says in in private these days and he said the 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 thing that they're doing where they're taking a five-year-old and they're saying maybe you're not a girl he's like this is child abuse (laughs) (laughs) and then he just said you know the only better than uh uber drivers New York, New York cab cabbies. Yeah. yeah, they're really, if, especially if they're old. Yeah, they they're driving way too long and way too fast. But you learn so much from. Yeah, and so, so he funny. was he was saying, you know, this is he just was saying people don't people. He said communism looks really good on paper, yeah. and when you're young and idealistic, it sounds great. And then he was just talking about the that the people who still control the means to everything are still humans, and they mm. still want the same things we all want and they want to control things and it was just funny it was just a funny conversation and he he was like you know look at venezuela now it's tragic look at california <laughs> yes you i'm a refugee left. i know i know washing up on the beach of texas i had someone pull up to me in in my town now in texas and he was like go back to where you came from <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the the California driving probably yeah, <laughs> gave probably. me away. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, why did you move to Texas? Specifically? Uh, I mean, life is so strange. Last time I was here, we were. I was joking that I feel like I was. I I'm in like a giant improv where I'm like, yes, and now I'll go on Glenn Beck because <laughs> it, I wouldn't have ever thought I would end up in these situations or places being it's kind of good though isn't no it, it is yeah. i think it's good to you know i had a friend say the other day follow the truth wherever that leads you even if it's not somewhere you want to go did you ever think you would be living in texas and i think part of me always wanted to live in i love driving around america texas has yeah. always fascinated me i think it's like its own 
ethos and its own it culture and everyone immediately becomes a Texan the minute they step oh, foot yeah. here. I know. It's I have, weird, isn't it? I have, we have mutual friends who have moved here from other places and they're like, online, you know, we need to text it. We need to. I'm like, you can't even drive. You're from New York. You don't even have a license. It is so true. What kind of Texan doesn't have a license? Yeah. It just doesn't know how to drive, but they, My immediately son, I, you get that. Like, you know, oh, we're going to be free. And if you are born here, yeah. it's even worse. My son was five, maybe, when we were talking about moving to Texas. He's adopted. He was born here in Texas. Okay, <laughs> but he was, you know, as soon as soon as that mom, he's up, you know, to New York and uh-huh, Connecticut. Uh-huh. So he we, we never talked about Texas. And he's sitting at the table, five years old, sitting at the table. We're talking about moving to Texas. And he said, you all realize that I will be the only true Texan in the family. And I'm like, where does that come from? Where does it come There's from? something in the, in the soil and the I know, water. I don't but it's know what great. it is. It's, it's great. It's funny. My daughter took her first steps in Texas. She wasn't born here. She was mm. born in California. But I'm like, I feel like that makes you a Texan. <laughs> I have friends who will argue absolutely not. You know Marcus Luttrell? No. He, okay, so Marcus Luttrell, Navy SEAL. Uh, his brother is also a Navy SEAL and doctor now. And uh, uh, he was was still in the seals and he was in Virginia. His wife was about to give birth like days away from giving birth. And he calls his brother Marcus up here in Texas. They grew up in Texas. And, and he said, bro, I, I just want to make something clear. Even though my son is born in Virginia, he's a Texan, right? And Marcus seriously said, no, he'll be a Virginian. <laughs> and he's like, come on, man. He's like, no, he'll be a Virginian. So he put his nine-month pregnant wife into a car and drove to Texas and had the child here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that is... That's commitment to the cause. <laughs> that is commitment it to really the cause. It really is. It's so funny, though. There is something about it where you I know. just... It's cool. It is cool. I just... I, I'm definitely... It took me a minute to kind of breathe into the different pace. I've been in Los Angeles for 16 years. And I think you for and I do really think that I'll, you get Stockholm syndrome living in these cities in California that are kind of falling apart all around you. And it was like when I used to go to Joshua Tree and it would take me a couple of days to just let my nervous system calm down from being in a city, but also just be walking my daughter around and not looking around constantly for, I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say every single walk I took her on, it was dodge someone who looks crazy or sketchy or looking around and living like that constantly, that fight or flight, it does something to your nervous system. So it took me, it, does. it took me a couple of weeks to really, really breathe into the 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 pace and the just be able to relax a little bit besides the weather do you miss anything in california i'm a freak i love this weather oh my gosh i'm a i'm a weirdo though oh it's like 150 with 2000 percent humidity right now it reminds me of sri lanka though or india there's just oh that's where i've always wanted to live (laughs) nobody wants to live there (laughs) i love sri lanka it's sad what's happening there too Mm. um i i just 
I don't mind the heat. I prefer it over the cold. My I'm husband, saying, luckily, is the same way, and we walk out at, at, nine, at eight when it's still 95, like and we're like, we love this. I know. Um, uh, the uh, heat, I was just on vacation uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. No air conditioning. No. Okay. And it was like 80 degrees. And, and I'm like... No one in America would put up with this. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? And they were all fine with it. And I'm like, get some air conditioning. This is a 2,000-year-old building. And yeah. get a window unit. Put some air in this place. And everybody was fine. It's different in America as the, as, you know, the World Economic Forum and all the Green New Deals they're expecting us to not have air conditioning or not the way oh. America has. I don't think I think what you're doing in schools and mutilating kids, you add air conditioning and that's a bridge too far. <laughs> that's when like even the staunchest libs are like, maybe Glenn has a point. <laughs> I mean, I could, how could you live here before air conditioning? You, yeah. you could apparently. But. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can escape it. So yeah. I, I do get to walk in and I would worry about my daughter, my dog, you know, they need to be able to escape this. But there was no air conditioning in Sri Lanka. We always used to be like, we need an AC room. Uh, don't they have AC here? I, I have to tell you, when we were walking down London, it was so hot uh, and hot in every place. And I'm walking into these stores and I'm like, oh, no air conditioning in here either. Mm. In New York, we open up the front of the stores when it's really hot. Yep. So the people on the street feel the air conditioning like I got to just go browse in here for a while. Mm. The complete opposite. Yeah. They think we're nuts. Yeah, think yeah. We're nuts. I was in Rome one year and it was so hot. And even I'm me who likes the heat. I, it was making me. I was like, imagine what There's it was no like escape, back then. And then you add the smell of yeah. it. <laughs> We were yeah. in London and the river's still brown from mm. centuries of people pooping in it or something. I don't yep. know. But imagine what that was like. No, I like to imagine. We we have it so good. We have it we, so good. We do. The amount of complaining that goes on, it just, I'm like, we have, look, this is an unparalleled time in human history. And we're, right? I, I maybe we just need challenges. And this, oh, is, I think we do. And we're yeah. self destructing because yeah. there's, it's not, it's not hard enough. And there's not, I don't know. We are so, we're away from all other countries that, you know, you look at Canada and you're like, I mean, you know, I'm glad I'm not living in Canada, but it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Mexico's got some beaches. You know, it's bad. But it's not like some of the rest of the world that was so far away from us. We lose context mm-hmm. and we have. Honestly, I think of my father always saying to me, oh, you're crying. I'll give you something to cry. I feel like I feel like dad, you know, maybe in the role of God, it's like, oh, really? That's bad. Yeah. I'll give you something to cry about because we're whining and crying now. My gosh, if things turn. No, don't. I mean, there's not much there. There are more and more people, I think, who will survive it because there are more and more preppers born every day. (laughs) Out of necessity. (laughs) I feel like it's I was joking with my friend. I'm like, I'm not sure if I should be preparing my daughter for like growing her own food and hunting or like going to Mars you know it's like what 
Right. I was talking to Tim Urban about this, and he has a young one, too. And I'm like, I don't know. Should I be stockpiling seeds or teaching her how to code? <laughs> not Definitely not to code. That Those days are over. Right. <laughs> With AI. With AI. I mean, it's, it is a weird... Uh, I, I read something the other day that uh, the first Industrial Revolution was 1760. Oh, yeah. Okay. The first, second, and third industrial revolutions from 1760 to now, okay, all of that change will be dwarfed by the change from 2020 to 2040. Yeah, yeah, it's all exponential. It's, it, it, <laughs> it is, when you look at Tim Urban actually has this illustration on, it's in the intro to his book, and he talks about if human history was 2,000 pages or something, and it's like the last, yeah. all of the last industrial revolution, what you were just talking about, is all on the last page. I know. You know? I know. Like, <laughs> but it was a slow and rather boring and smelly story before that. I mean, I was in, I was in Scotland, and you'd go one place, and they'd say, and you know, this is where the plague happened, and this is how they lived. You go to another place, and you know, uh, 200 years later they were living like this and you're like that's not much different yeah. you know it was i mean jonah goldberg i think in his book talks about this too if aliens came and checked in on earth you know every five thousand years yeah, it would yeah. be like oh not much has changed for for two hundred thousand <laughs> years and then suddenly you're like wait what wait, happened I know. I know. how did we get cars and planes and it's what's weird is I just don't think it is a coincidence that, you know, when you're you're living as, as a serf, you can't own land. You're mm. you're on the king's land. And so anything you do to make your life better, he'll just take he'll make more money. Mm -hmm. People just lose. Like, why am I going to do that? Why would yeah. I put myself out? And then we have freedom in the idea of the Constitution and Bill of Rights. And America does this. And the and the rest of the world behind us, but still does this and nobody connects the two. It's like all of a sudden, you know, around around 1800, things just got great. <laughs> <laughs> Humans started doing awesome. I mean, it is like the, our mutual friend Carol Ross new book, You Will Own Nothing, yeah. which is is terrifying. You, I see these things that although I was reading something the other day, I think it was just a tweet. And someone said, oh, you think you own your land? Try not paying property taxes. And I was like, Ugh. right. Freedom. I, I, I know. <laughs> Oh, I know. Uncomfortable. I, I, I've been thinking about that because, you know, look at me. I'm not in the greatest of health. <laughs> and and I, uh, uh, I was thinking about, you know, when you get older and you have kids, and I want to talk to you about the changes in you already. But when you get older and you have kids, you start to think about leaving, right. you know, stuff behind. And... Uh, Lucky for me, I'm going to spend it all before I die. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I was thinking I couldn't leave them my house because if I left it to one of them and they didn't have a very good job, even if the house is paid for mm -hmm. in Texas, you couldn't pay the property tax. Right. So do you really ever own anything? I think property tax is the most immoral thing you can do it's so unfair i see it in my hometown where it's a small new england village essentially but it's the people who are elderly who own their homes 
all of these rich people come in and buy property and all the values go up and now they have to leave their forever homes because they can't pay property taxes. It's so wrong. It seems horribly wrong. Yeah. And people will, I don't know if that's capitalism doing its thing, but... No, that's government. Okay. Yeah, that's government, isn't it? (laughs) This is like taxation is theft. (laughs) If all of a sudden I own a a home and a bunch of rich people move in and the neighborhood values go up, Sweet. I'm great. Right. Because capitalism says now you're win for me. <laughs> yeah. And when I want to, if I want to, I'm going to be sitting pretty. Yeah. It's government <laughs> saying, uh, you don't really own that. You have to pay our taxes. Mm, yeah. That's nasty. I'm not smart enough to understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater, they're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. This weekend is the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And I want to take a moment to recognize the over 64 million babies whose lives were taken at the hands of abortion. And we pray for the mothers who still mourn for their children. And we pray for the mothers who feel they are trapped and have nowhere to go. I I think abortion is one of the saddest things. I mean, unless you're celebrating your abortion. Um, But I don't think most women do that. They just don't know what to do. Preborn honors the precious souls who never had a chance uh, to take their first breath uh, and to discover who they could become. That's we've lost a generation, Um, but also honors the mothers who chose life, the mothers who are still struggling in mourning because of what they what they chose um, and doing the right thing by not dwelling in the past, but saving moms and their children right now to honor the 64 million deaths we'd like you to consider donating 64 dollars to honor the precious lives lost and to keep the precious lives of those at risk safe can you do that even 64 cents will help pound 250 that's all you have to do hit pound 250 say the keyword baby pound 250 keyword baby or you can go to preborn.com slash glenn it's funny, I was joking that my, my whole life, it, the other unsettling thing about moving to Texas was becoming basic. <laughs> just, what do you mean? Just, it was like, my whole life has been just trying to be, I don't know, different or cool, or I felt like I was always chasing some elusive yeah. sense of, of identity and really i just find so much joy in 
like the, the American dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want like a nice little piece of land right. and I want a good school for my kid to go to where she can ride her bike around with her friends. And it, it's, I never, I never, I mean, I think I joked last time that if you had told me that I was going to quit drinking and end up on this show, I probably would have kept drinking. But now I can extend that to like and be married to someone in recovery and have a baby, which is amazing, and end up living in Texas four years ago. That wasn't... Oh, I know. I said to you at the time, you you should move to Texas. And you were like, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, there were so many dreams of being someone. <laughs> you know, I and California like, will flush that down the toilet every time. <laughs> it's nothing but shattered people working as a waiter or waitress waiting for their dream to happen. I, that, I wasn't shattered. Well, maybe a little bit shattered. <laughs> <laughs> Was waiting tables. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. By the no, way, no, there's They're nothing the wrong about that. People it's, ever. It's if you're still, you know, you've been there for forty years and you're still going on auditions. You haven't oh. gotten anything. Such a tough this is temporary. industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I did move there with big delusional dreams of grand delusions of grandeur. Yeah, big sometimes dreams. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they work. Yeah, and sometimes it's just not really. I don't know. I still love doing comedy. I yeah. I found that I still. I still, it, it's tragic what's happened to California. And I know a lot of people disagree with me and they still think it's great. But I lived there for almost 20 years and the decline that I witnessed while I was there, just around the state. And it's it's such a beautiful state that I, it's just tragic. It is tragic. San I, I Francisco? Have to tell you, San Francisco is, I, I was just talking to a guy it's who dystopian. said, he said he was in London. He said, I'm a. Uh, Oh, I'm coming to America. And I said, really, where are you going? And he said, San Francisco. And I said, so you're not really going to America. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of looked at me puzzled with that. And I said, have you been keeping up with the news? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a little different than perhaps you think. (laughs) It's so crazy. I mean, if you went to if you were in San Francisco 10 years ago and went now, you would be shocked at what's happened. And you'd also be shocked because you probably got your rental car broken into. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I went to San Francisco maybe five years ago when the Super Bowl, or when the Super Bowl was in San okay. Francisco. I went and uh, that was the last time. And the change that I had seen from five years before to then was stark. I can't even imagine what it's like now. I mean, yeah. and they're they're all in denial. The, the the mayor said recently, like, people are saying that companies are moving out. <laughs> You're like, uh. we. this is the craziest part of, of the time that we live in is the the blatant lying about what people can see with their own eyes. Right. You're like, no, they, they literally just put out a press release. They're shutting down the mall. They're shutting. They're taking their company. Right. People are these these conservatives are like it's not just conservatives, by the way. It's it's a lot of people are seeing this and it, and you can label them all conservative. Yeah. That makes you feel better. But right. it's still not true. It's, you know what it is? It, thank God it is now the people who have always really kind of believed in the Bill of Rights, but you really kind of didn't need it. You know what I mean? Because it kind of worked anyway. Now you're seeing, oh, crap, all of them are being violated and this is the result. Mm. And so the honest people are coming to the table. You don't have to believe the same things I do. 
that's the point of the Bill of Rights. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Welcome to the founding of our country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's been something I've really been saying more and more is that you don't have to be on the right to reject the left and some of some but of they the, want to they want you to believe label, that. they've been labeling me that for four years now for mm. five years or however many years since i started opening my mouth that mm. i don't need to accept that people i think get afraid because they're afraid of the labels that will be put on them but i do think now is the time for some courage and just saying you have to speak what you see because the minute you have been scared out of speaking mm-hmm. what you're seeing happening that that's you've it's already lost worse. yeah it's, it's gonna only gonna get, get worse. worse um so you are kind of fascinated by the apocalypse lately <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it a lot yeah tell me about that i mean i think i've always been joking that it feels very premageddon ish um And I think every, I was thinking about this when I was getting ready this morning to come, just how, you know, every, there's so much nihilism and so much like dooms, everybody seems like they're in a doomsday call. I feel like I joke about the apocalypse, but every, doesn't every generation feel that way? I mean, what did they, did they probably thought it was the apocalypse during the Black Plague. Maybe they didn't have a word for it. Yeah, (laughs) I I think, I think the best thing is uh, if you lived, my grandparents, my grandparents living through the Depression and and World War II and seeing that evil Mm -hmm. of the Nazis, and I don't know if they saw it as clearly as we can see it now, if you care to look. but that's madness what was going on and it's the same stuff 1925 do you know the first trans surgery uh happened in weimar republic i don't know any i'm out of my depth here okay. i don't know so, anything about that but that guy died because yeah. the doctor just shoved a uterus in a man Ugh. okay um but all of these things were happening and it happens over time and it's just a slow boil to where People just lose all reason. Yeah. And I think if you're watching that from the outside or could see it and you weren't numb, I think you might have thought this might be the end of the world, you know. Um, but I, I, I mean, now I think it might. Be. <laughs> I'm just trying to follow this exact line of thought. Wait, are you saying the trans stuff then led to the Nazis? No, no, no. Okay. I'm saying here's I'm what just yeah, I should to explain. Follow the thread. Yeah. I'm like, wait. So yes. What? <laughs> so let me let me uh, it probably should clarify. So Weimar Republic, uh, first Germany. Uh, and World War One happened and all the churches lost the credibility because they were like, God's on our side. We're mm. going to win this victorious war. And it was a bloodbath. So the churches had mm. lost their credibility because they had become political. So people aren't listening to church anymore. Then uh, the dollar or their mark right. starts to spiral out of control. Youth, the 20 somethings, they become the wealthy ones because mm. they don't have families to feed. So Uh. they could take some of their salary and invest it, okay, and make money. But everybody else had to take every dime to buy food and housing and everything else. Okay. So, and there's a shift of power to the 20-somethings, Okay. So then, because 20-somethings are 20-somethings, 
they're living a very decadent cocaine is pushed ah. um uh, all kinds of don't know about this yeah all kinds of stuff really pushed and society begins to decay then the first sexology university is founded and it's all about lgbt uh it's uh, they're pushing trans it's the movie cabaret oh. okay except on steroids okay and and then pedophilia starts to crop, crop into the schools. The churches see the opportunity of, aha, see, this is what happens when we don't have God. They get in on the pedophilia. They, <laughs> wait a minute. Everybody's doing it. No. <laughs> so the churches, the churches do what churches do, uh, well, at least a lot of them, and they don't talk about what the principles of Christ are. Instead, they're like, our faith is the right faith and we're going to jam it down everybody else's throat. They get people who say our children are in jeopardy here. Okay. This madness has got to stop. They get involved. They find the Nazis who are not religious. In fact, hate uh, Christianity um, and really anybody that won't bow to the state. Um, they see these SA guys, these stormtroopers on the streets that are, I mean, you didn't get the whole population to do Zig Heil and raise your arms because everybody liked it. The stormtroopers would come in in the early, the late 20s and early 30s, and they would beat people sometimes mm -hmm. to death in the streets if you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So everybody was like, I don't want any trouble. Heil. Okay. So that culture, they saw this. And they saw them, because Hitler was talking about religion and God and our decaying morals right at the very beginning, they went, maybe he'll help. The first book burnings, I didn't know this until recently, the first book burnings were the sexology books. Okay. And then everybody lost control of everything. The first people in the death camps were gays and especially trans people. They were the first to go. So when somebody LGBTQ positive, you know, who's saying like, hey, the, this is my movement and here's my flag. When they say you're a Nazi, they may know more about, I doubt a lot do, but they may know more about the actual history and say Christian nationalists are very dangerous. Mm. Historically, you're right. Right. Okay. But that movement was not Christian nationalist, but they played that pivot role. Right. But isn't that the kind of current fear the left has of the backlash to a lot of this yeah. trans stuff in the country? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's only because you're jamming it down people's throats. Mm -hmm. You know, our biggest strength is our also our Achilles heel. Mm. We're tolerant. We just want to get along. Okay. And if all of this stuff would have been introduced and not in our schools per se. Right. Um, and you could talk about it and debate about it. I don't think you'd be sitting on the powder keg. You are. You're now forcing everyone to be involved. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't sit well, whether you're a Nazi or you know, uh, transgender activist. Right. It doesn't matter. When you say it's my way or the highway, you're putting powder in that keg.
Yeah, there there seems to be a, it's like these two opposing forces that are extreme and right? it's, it's and unsettling. I think most people are in here. Most people are. I mean, the piece that I just dropped today actually was how the public lost pride because there was there how pride lost the public because there was this um, Gallup poll that came out recently that everybody was like, look at the drop from conservatives on the support for gay marriage. I'm like underreported. Look at the Democrat drop. There was a drop. Look a dip. at look at the uh, numbers of the gay community. Yeah, I know a lot. I mean, we work with a lot of gay people and they're like, this is nuts. This has just gone too far. Yeah, that's and that's what's fascinating, because as I was writing this piece and I was going down several rabbit holes, I it was I I wanted to and it's I could have made this piece 10,000 words had I wanted to because there's so many it's a confluence of so many forces at the same time that Mm -hmm. are occurring one being that I feel a very illiberal movement has and we see this kind of all across the board in America just as Douglas Murray said in this piece parasitically attached itself to gay rights in this instance big time and that's a very liberal equality Mm -hmm. ideal that they have but it was very much lit and andrew sullivan contributed some brilliance to this piece and he said it was live and let live and now it's it's my way or nothing and i think americans are going fine it's nothing then okay don't make me choose between this stuff you know like to go back to the driver what why is let a kid be a kid why don't make me defend this and i don't want to have to fight this in our schools and it's so insidious but then you go down the other rabbit hole and it's like why is it everywhere why is it why is pride like a national as again douglas murray the holy month of pride how did this become something corporations all change their their logos uh, unless it's saudi arabia unless it's their saudi account (laughs) (laughs) then and you go down the rabbit hole of esg and cei and you understand and you're like this is nuts this is social credit. It's crazy. It's Most people China. can't understand it. They're just trying to raise their kids. They see this everywhere. Their their daughter has three girlfriends who are now boys. It's they're like, what the hell is going on? And it it's easy you to sit down and try and explain. Well, sit down. Let me tell you about the Frankfurt School <laughs> and queer theory. Do you have <laughs> several hours? <laughs> Oh, and by the way, there's this thing called ESG. Have you heard of it? Oh, no. Well, it's just this global mechanism for basically controlling liquidity. And they've got a racket that has all these massive corporations by the balls. Um, Do you have another several hours? No, people don't. So they they feel that I feel like it accelerates tribalism because it's too too confusing, which is part of the point. Correct. It's why people say you're either with me or against right. me. And that's so dangerous. Right. That's, that's where the, the religious thing comes because people will say, well, I believe in God and I believe in morals and standards and everything else. But then it so easily attaches itself to control mm-hmm. exactly uh, the way uh, Murray was talking about. It just 
it, it just, you have to be so careful. We are in a moment mm-hmm. where everybody, it's like, everybody should just have their mantra count to 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I do think too, it's, it's easy not to get caught up in it. You know, there, uh, there was a part of me that was very happy to be the kind of cool Gen Xer in the back of the school laughing at all of the world while it mm-hmm. burns, which I still do enjoy, by the way. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But then I had a daughter and suddenly I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to have to fight this. I'm going to have to fight this stuff. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get involved or I'm going to have to homeschool my kid or I because I just want her. I got to be a kid. You know, there was there was stuff in my childhood that was dysfunctional but i didn't have this stuff in school it wasn't the gender bread man you know the gender all, this, all this like weird stuff i didn't know i was actually so innocent and sure they also have the internet which does not help but right. they there's an innocence that's being taken and it doesn't and i don't i you know there are guys like james Lindsay who are much more i think I feel bad for him because he's I know, so like, do I. He's, he's he's kind of light years ahead of the of the game and he is, he's it's got to pro- be frustrating the, the problem and I don't mean it like this uh so let me how do I rephrase it the frustrating thing with James Lindsay is he is so deep yeah I mean I can talk about things and make people's eyes gloss over quickly on you know ESG or whatever but James He's so deep into it. His, and he's so smart. And he's so smart. His his language is a little bit Marxist at times. You know what I mean? He uses the language that a lot of Americans don't understand. Right. Because he's accurately describing it. You know what I mean? And names and things. And you're just like. Because but it's, it's all so, so important. And it's but it's so complex. So insidious. That's oh. part of the problem. It's the it's this thing where you're and I say this in my piece for the spectator piece, it's like people can they can intuit it. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, This isn't right. And I think a lot of parents during the pandemic were like, What are they talking what are yeah. you learning? <laughs> right. Excuse me, what are they talking about? Right. This weird Zoom class. And you can intuit that, but then the minute you try and point to it, it kind of shapeshifts or suddenly it's like you're a bigot. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to be a bigot. Nobody wants to be a racist. Nobody wants to be a Nazi. Back with more from Bridget Fetessy in just a second. Uh, First, let me tell you about a great American business. It started out with a couple of guys, and one of them was really, really talented, could make anything. He said, would you make me a belt and one that works better than average belts? He came up with this design of this belt, and he made it. And then friends started saying, hey, would you make me one? And they knew they had something. So they started a business. Well, here's the thing. They wanted to do if they were going to do a business, they wanted to make sure that it was all American, that it was using American products. Um, It was all sourced here in America, American labor doing it. And now they've expanded. They do wallets, really great, different wallets um, and really great socks. This American business pays American ranchers to raise specially bred sheep for the wool then another american company goes through the wool and gets it ready and makes it into the thread and then another company here in america weaves the socks 
American-made products done right by American labor. Grip6.com slash Beck. That's Grip6.com slash Beck. Talk to me about the difference between you uh, three years ago and you as a mom. Well, I've been radicalized. <laughs> well, let's talk about extremism. I've been fully radicalized. Um, because slightly. you're a mom. Well, yeah, there's certain, and because I love America, and I, I, I was the person that was the 20-something imperialist America. Yeah. I mean, for, for lack of a better phrase and i apologize for using this i'm kind of recovering libtard i should write a 12 a 12 step program you, should, you know you admit should. that you're a libtard you and your life has become yeah. miserable <laughs> <laughs> um and it it is and that's okay it's okay to be i i was idealistic it's okay to question some of our country's decisions we should we should absolutely be involved horrible we've done horrible horrible things Mm -hmm. and and i want to fix them i want to i would just like us to have a serious conversation just a checklist what did we do okay is it still being done Mm -hmm. okay done let's bold this out let's never do that again yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just deal with the things we're we're still doing horrible, horrible yeah. things. And we're talking about what? Yeah. Yeah. We can't heal unless we actually look at the real things rationally. Yeah. Make sure they're fixed and move on to the next. I think, too, living in a city where I saw it, it I couldn't look around. That was the benefit of being in California. It's a it's a uniparty. I couldn't look around and blame conservatives for the 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 you know city Rot. falling apart mm-hmm. i could only blame the people that were being elected and it was blue all the way down so but how come more people don't see that in california Be, again i think there is i uh, i had a friend who said something that really stuck out to me that the true and only guiding ideology in america is but the right there's this like you know, there's this going on and this going on. And you, if you're a conservative, you probably have to shut your mouth and not really t- express your opinions at work or around your friends mm-hmm. because it's, and you see that disparity and, and don't think, oh, maybe one side has a lot more power than the <laughs> other side, but, but the right. And mm-hmm. again, I don't think guys like Trump, which will probably piss off many of your people in your audience, but I don't think it does people any favors because i do know a lot of particularly like boomers who have seen what's going on they're like this is this is nuts and trump is too much of just a narcissistic loose cannon for them to feel safe kind of saying okay we need to push back against some of this crazy in our own party um and and get look at the state that it's in you have fetterman announcing Biden. it's just like we're supposed to just take our sugar and eat it that's Mm. what we're supposed to just be like oh this is we're all the dog in the in the meme drinking coffee like this is fine right and i think someone i know a lot of them have said you know i kind of in hushed shameful tones like i'd vote for desantis you know somebody who seems younger Disciplined. Somebody who, this is, I think, a large part why Biden won 
is because there were a lot of Americans that just said, I want to return to normalcy. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. I know times are changing everything. Just can we turn everything down? And then there were the food shortages. (laughs) It was and we've 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 turned it up. Yeah. And um, I'm interested to see who is going to win the nomination, because I think the Democrats are making it more likely that he's the nominee by Biden. Or no, Trump. Trump. Of course they would love yeah, that. They would love that. Because and, they know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Which is that there are a lot of dyed in the wool Democrats who have had it with them. But there's a lot of Republicans who are saying the same thing. We just want sanity. Yeah. But when you push a society so far. <laughs> Not an 80 year old madman with a revenge right. mission. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be good. That, that wouldn't be good. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't say that I know what would be good. I do, I, or bad because the, everything is so crazy. But I would like to, you know, people are like, can we get the boomers? I'm like, these guys aren't even boomers. They're silent generation. Can we maybe just get a boomer? Can we, can I we, I have, you know, nothing against people who are old. I just think you should be enjoying your Grandchildren and I one hundred percent. Have you a, seen? Have, I almost said corporation. But <laughs> same well, thing. same thing. <laughs> um, have you seen uh, Vivek Ramaswamy? Oh yes. What if price the fresh air? I'm like, yeah, somebody like that would be great. Yeah, it would be great. I don't know if he even has a chance to even be on the debate stage, but. That's the kind of guy and attitude and someone who under you really think that Biden is tweeting his own stuff. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump is Joe Biden, I I bet, hasn't even used an iPhone, you know, necessarily himself. Uh, We are in a different world. It is time for people. And I say this as a guy who's almost 60. Mm hmm. Okay, we we we've we've had a good run, and especially I think my age, I'm at the I'm the last year of the boomers. Okay, and I don't really relate to the boomers. Yeah, um, and I'm the last year of the boomers, and I feel like I've dealt with these hippies long enough, mm-hmm. and I feel like saying, "Dude, you 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 screwed everything up and we had to pay for a lot of that back in the 60s right my generation right okay and we were the latch kid you know generation and now you you are the exact opposite of what you said was (laughs) right it's time for you to let go Mm. and let someone else deal with it they talk about how the the Declaration and Constitution just isn't it's it wasn't written for this era. And you were. Yeah. I mean, you were a teenager when 1946, 1951. Come on. Yeah, it's definitely shows me too just how hard power is to let go of when you have it, no matter who you are. And what's weird, it's not even who you are. Like you look at uh, what's her name? Feinstein. She doesn't even know who she is. It's the institution that just wants the body. Mm. You know, Fetterman, I feel so bad for him. I know. So bad I know. for him. It's, it's so, 
And that's the problem is that it pulls on all this. You're like, I feel bad for this person. I don't want to. And I feel like everyone has a right to demand that their leaders be competent. But yeah. those those norms were shredded. And I'm not exactly sure. I do think, though, I try, I would prefer as much as it, it absolutely pains me to say this, Gavin versus Ron, just because at least it would be I feel accurate representations of, of both sides, both sides, and where what I we're agree. actually trying to confront. And I agree. does it, someone needs to push Biden when he says I'm pro gender affirming care? People need to push these people to define what that is. Tell me you, what you that what does that mean, sir? Mr. President, what exactly is gender affirming care? Can you describe it to me? Do you even know what it is? Do you know what you're supporting? Do you know where you are? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know your name? Uh, but you you can't get that. Nobody, the press, it's so either evil and they know it or they're the dumbest people alive or they're just trapped and feel like I can't yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people feel trapped i was saying this just on twitter yesterday there was that that woman i think her name was robinson and she was talking and some hearing about how um she read an article in npr about you know this is why bio it's not a big deal that biological men should be competing against women and i'm like have where are the female athletes i understand that it's a culture of you know just suck it up and like you take your loss but this is not fundamentally not fair and you are going to lose i would say joking i'm like i hope they i hope these women who don't speak up lose their job to a mediocre male because you didn't say anything and if you don't you're going to cost another woman her spot did you see the activist in congress yesterday talking about serena williams and saying there is no difference, no difference between a man right, and woman. Right, this is what I'm talking about. I think her name is Robinson. I can't yeah. remember her name. So, yeah. And wait, what? there's no difference? Serena Williams, when she was good, was beaten by the what, 207th ranking man at tennis. You can't tell me that a man can be imposing and can hold a woman and rape her and do, and do whatever because a woman doesn't have the strength, which is all true on some men. I mean, you could beat the snot out of me, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Generally speaking, yeah. we have more muscle. We are bigger. So to say that there's no difference well, it is, is ridiculous. It is interesting, too, because it's talking out of two sides of your mouth at the same time. So how do you explain rape culture, for example? Right. If, you, if if this is true, this can't be true. Can't be it true. must not be. It must not exist. Right. If there's no biological difference between men and women, right. why does why why does this happen? Right. Women should just be able to fight back. Correct. It's it's insane, and people are afraid. I think people feel trapped. I think they're afraid. You know, Douglas Murray said, "I wish I could have just posted the transcriptions of every person that I interviewed because they were all so brilliant trying to put it into one article felt impossible." But Douglas was saying that he felt that the reason because the UK is actually quite ahead on this and he said it's because somebody like JK Rowling who's massively huge 
spoke out very early against this and that we are behind because someone like Oprah hasn't stood up and been like, hey, women should have their spaces. You know, it's really interesting um, being over there. J.K. Rowling is I mean, there are Harry Potter things everywhere yeah she's huge everywhere she is gigantic yeah going to oxford they have made one of the gargoyles one of the figures in a harry potter's um she has an honorary doctorate mm-hmm. at oxford and you're and i'm trying to piece this together you have somebody that popular oprah doesn't have anything in any college you know re- reflecting on the gargoyle anything she's ever done mm-hmm. You have a society that is monetarily really benefiting from her work. She's deep into the culture and they've just destroyed her. Yeah. Just destroyed her. It's insane. And all she's doing is defending women. (laughs) You know, it's just like. (laughs) And you're not defending women if you're. If you're standing up and saying the truth, all of a sudden, wait, I don't, wait, how, how do you even make that logic work? I'm, I'm not sure. I, again, I feel like it's just something that's kind of cool and there's something young people are, they feel purpose being a part of this movement or whatever. And I, I, I'm not I don't know. I I talked to the Women's Liberation Front, the women who are fighting for the they're pushing the lawsuit against the California corrections for men in women's prisons. Um, And this is the kind of stuff people need to be pushed to say on record. You agree with, oh, you're for gender affirming care for minors. You agree with putting them on puberty blockers. You agree with pausing their development development which we know is not a pause we know that now you uh even though all most of the european um countries Nations. are backtracking west not spe- canada canada's going full stream steam ahead canada's gone nuts but you look at all of the places we were told we should be more like yeah. france sweden sweden norway. norway all of those are going whoa slow down yep. reverse course science yes yeah I don't know. And this is the people who are always like, oh, these anti-scientific idiots who are it's it's maddening. But I do my my kind of white pill, as Michael Malice would say, is that more and more people do seem to be kind of reaching their limit. I mean, I wrote a piece probably four or five years ago being like, you can't just shame people into voting the way that you want because you say they're a bigot or they're they're racist because of whatever your 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 idea about things is and you want them to vote away and yesterday Kat Rosenfeld wrote this piece for the Boston Globe about how progressives are minting conservatives and I'm like, yeah, I said this four years ago and now it's even crazier now that was when you were that was pre all of this, like even more insane stuff and post COVID, which was also insane. I, a couple of years ago, met the people at Jace Medical and uh, I started talking about the Jace case. The Jace case holds five of the most important antibiotics for emergency use. Well, at the time when I first met them, I said, you know, I'm a prepper. And they said, so are we. And I said, 
prescription drugs. I mean, heart medicine, high blood pressure, psychiatric medicine. What is going to happen if we have a disruption in the supply chain for those people who have to have that medicine? And they just sat back in their chairs and smiled and said, see, that's why you that's why we knew we needed to talk to you. We're working on it. Well, they have the new product out. It's called Jace Daily, a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12 month backup supply of your prescription medication just in case of an emergency. This will cover a whole bunch of medications like cholesterol. If you're a diabetic, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, and more, your order will be reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and delivered right to your door. It is something that has given me real peace of mind because that's the one piece of the puzzle I couldn't figure out how to prepare for my family. JaceMedical.com. Go there now. Enter the promo code Beck for a discount on your order. It's promo code Beck at JASEMedical.com. What do you think of RFK? Um, yeah, he's interesting. You know, I, I think he's he's an again. This is the state of the Democratic Party that he's like, kind. people are just so thirsty. And I do think Stephen Miller, um, at, not the Stephen Miller who worked for Trump, Stephen Miller, who is the writer, uh, he was saying that he kind of gives permission to a lot of people on the left who were vaccine skeptics, for example, and just were very happy to let the, the everybody say, oh, it's those MAGA people who don't want the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know how many people I knew in L.A. who didn't get the vaccine quietly and just were fine having everyone think it was like, oh, those those hicks over there didn't get the vaccine. Well, and he was saying the same thing. The original kind of anti-vax community was like in the Palisades. Right. You know, these are the, the hippie. Mm-hmm. granola moms right and so there was a lot of people and a lot of people in the black community rightfully did not want to get the vaccine and no, the press why never is really, there any kind of history with that what the, are you talking about the press never had to really address that they yep. could ignore that and mm-hmm. focus on and so i think rfk is pointing out and giving permission to a faction of the left that has not been able to speak up because they didn't really have a representative. So I know conservatives who like him because he is, and it's so strange. The left was right about the United States turning into one giant corporation and in business with big business. The right said that'll never happen. I trust company. We were (laughs) dumb as a box of rocks. Okay. Got that one wrong. Got that one wrong. Kind of a big one. Um, uh, Slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but the things that you were right on the, the left is now, being the champion. Yeah, no, that's the other them. crazy thing. I mean, war, big pharma, endless war, endless war. And he said this when he was on Rogan, which you can't even post those clips on YouTube without getting your channel demonetized. We'll put that in the bucket of other terrifying things that we would need an entirely separate episode for. But it, it that that's what he represents. That the the silencing of this conversation the ability to even have the dialogue the ability to ask the questions he has a little bit of what the democrats are doing to trump 
they're also kind of doing it to him. They're oh. not, not as severe, but they're silencing him. And people are hungry for anyone who will stand up and yeah. say, this is wrong. Yeah. He's saying, for instance, I always trusted the FBI and CIA. Oh, my God. <laughs> have have they always been this way how did i not see that okay but now everybody on the left is like oh they're great i love them i love the fbi like, what? <laughs> what yeah <laughs> as somebody who's gen x it's very disorienting oh i bet because it, is. It, it was all of the things that i was when i it was in my kind of recovering you know when i was in my full libtardation i that was all the stuff I was fighting against. Right. Wars in other countries. So what happened? Big Pharma. What happened? I, it, it, it's so weird. From 2000, the year 2000, I am not the same man that I was. I still am, uh, I, I hate to say, uh, the label conservative I don't think means anything anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. I am a constitutional Bill of Rights American. Okay? I'm. You, you agree with me on that? We don't have any arguments, mm -hmm. okay, that are severe that we can't work through. Mm -hmm. But I would make the, you know, well, this war is important and this is important. And, well, the FBI it probably was just isolated. All that crap has been proven wrong. Right. And so many conservatives are there. And you have a chance of actually changing and doing the things that the liberals who were actual Bill of Rights liberals who are saying this is this is wrong what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We have a chance to change it. Mm -hmm. But and maybe it goes back to the first thing you say, but the right that they just will not see that. I'm not talking about the GOP. I'm talking about common sense people that are like, no, there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. And. Shame on me for being so stupid. Good for you. You got it right. Now, did we get anything right that you're starting to discover? You know, yeah. it's the same eye opening on it's just and it's almost on the same things. We're coming. You're coming our way on some things. I'm coming your way on some things. Yeah. And those some things are the important principles. Yeah. And can we meet in the middle with healthcare, please? Anyone? Anyone? I feel like, <laughs> can anyone address this problem? Anyone? No, we fixed it. Obamacare fixed it. I mean, that was a little bit jarring coming from California to Texas. It's definitely Why? better in, in California. Because really? as somebody who is an independent, I can't get i don't think i can get a private ppo as an individual here i could be mistaken or it's just way too expensive for for me i, I, I have you. to be employed by someone there are groups you can get involved in and so then i had to get an hmo and i haven't had an hmo in a long time and my gosh how does i it was very eye-opening how people there are two classes, well, probably three classes of care in the United States for health care. And it was it's I, bad. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's got and it's gotten much, much worse. Yeah, much it, more controlled. It's you know, when I moved from New York because I, you know, the company was mine and I had a responsibility. I couldn't carry the same insurance across right. from New York to why right why i don't know it doesn't make any sense i don't know it's, 
money, money. and payoffs from politicians. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. this is so much of the problem. It really is. So now that now that you are a little po- apocalyptic, uh, but yet a mom. Yeah. And so you're more grounded. I'm, I'm actually more optimistic, weirdly, are too. You? Why? Because that was really the kind of epiphany I had when I was getting ready this morning. Just all men are presented with whatever humanity is dealing with in their time and they have to deal with it. And this is this is what I'm presented with. And my job is to prepare my daughter to handle whatever whatever is presented to her in the best way that she can and and pray that you know she has the a good head on her shoulders and she knows that she's loved and that but there's a lot that i I, i'm an old parent so i'm hyper aware of the fact that i won't be around probably as long as i'd like to be in her life and see and so i have to trust that she will be okay you know i i that is that's my job even not in these times you'll go through that as a parent and it's still better than ever mm-hmm. so it's still even though i can look at the horizon and say oh this could really go off the rails is it, it and this is kind of what tim urban and i were discussing is it going to be she's going to mars is it going mm-hmm. to be she's enslaved by robots mm-hmm. will it be she the grid has gone down and she's growing food or will it be just a little bit more of where we are and and a little better, a little, a little worse, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. And I I am optimistic seeing how resilient kids are, just how smart they are, how creative mm-hmm. they naturally are. And they tap. She just forces me to come into the present. It's easy to get spun out and all this stuff. I've been watching the arnold documentary which is very interesting Mm -hmm. and again as a 90s kid i Mm -hmm. i had to watch this but he was talking about his nazi father who had um one expression that really stuck with him which was be useful and i think about that a lot you know i wake up and i try to food prep or be useful and i do think there might be a crisis of usefulness in our country because people are they're not doing things they're going online Mm -hmm. and like working themselves up into a lather Mm -hmm. over these ridiculous like the dumb think pieces and Mm -hmm. and not having enough really nuanced conversations that's why all the people in the piece about pride that i that i wrote they're they're gays and lesbians and trans men and women, and they they have to live with the consequences of this backlash we're seeing, which is why yeah. I wanted to reach out to them, but they're also critical of gender ideology. Mm-hmm. So they represent, I think, where most people fall, oh. and they're the people we should be listening mm-hmm. to, the Glenn Greenwalds and, and Douglas Murray, about this topic in particular, Andrew Doyle, and they get the kind of least amount of mm-hmm. airtime because we just hear from the activists on either side who are mm-hmm. riling each other up. Mm-hmm. But there, we, I don't, there's, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We've made, that's one of the most, I think inspiring things that I've seen in my lifetime is that, that the, the going to 
just the the transition we've had for lack of a better word around gay marriage and gay rights Mm -hmm. and gay people in the world Mm -hmm. it's miraculous Mm -hmm. and in a very short time and now and this is where i kind of we were joking on dumpster fire and i'm sure it'll get you know cut and taken out of context but we were like maybe you're right about the slippery slope (laughs) and i disagree it's not necessarily it's true not, but it is because no. this other thing is piggyback yes. like a trojan horse into it although my husband would say that's what they were afraid of though yes <laughs> right i had a conversation with my daughter she was at fordham she wouldn't talk to me for a while because they had her so ratcheted up that, mm. that i was anti-gay and i'm like I'm a libertarian on this. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I don't think the government has anything to do with anybody. Mm. Don't tell me how to live. I won't tell you how to live. Don't tell me what my church has to do. And I won't tell you what your church has to do. Leave it be. Let people follow themselves. And uh, and she just, she wouldn't even, she got so, and I said, honey, the reason why I speak out about this is because of the slip and she cut me off okay and i'm and i'm like and i know and i and i said it's not that this will lead to this and this will lead to this you don't understand the people that are truly pushing with money behind Mm. this okay the people that you get that are they all going to quit their job because they've got what they wanted? I mean, yeah, that's the that's another thing we covered in this article is just the NGOs need a job. But then there's also just this insidious part of all of these theories that is all just destruction. Yeah, yeah it's just d- just, just deconstruct everything. Yeah. And I'm not smart enough or I'm it's. There's something sinister. You know, it, it feels sinister. I and I hate saying that because I don't want to be an extremist. I don't, I try so hard to be nuanced and, and see where everybody's coming from. And then I see so, so, activists screaming in people's faces. And it, you know, and I don't want like conservative people having to like check children's genitals before they play soccer you know that's (laughs) crazy too right here's the thing uh i said to james Lindsay um last time i talked to him i think uh i said james you know the first time i ever met you you were an atheist full-fledged and i said i don't really know where you stand now he's had some really good experiences some really bad experiences i said but um I swore off the word evil about 2011 Mm. because it was it's 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 a very powerful word hyperbolic correct you know and I said however if I were to define evil I would define it as a destructive force that destroys everything and makes people slaves Mm. to thoughts or physical slaves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that tells you, you can't do it, you won't survive without, anything that does that, I think is evil. And he agreed with me. Yeah. 
I, I hear this a lot, and and I have that same resistance, like being raised Catholic and feeling kind of yeah. It, it's you're like, oh, evil is it evil? And then it gets thrown around, and you yeah. see it online, and and there's lots of hyperbole, and and then. I don't know. You know, again, I, I go back to the Arnold documentary, which he kind of brushes over, but it made me really think about his talking about his father, how he was he could be very you know hard on them and also seemed to be an alcoholic. And all of these broken men in Austria who basically got behind this ideology and mm-hmm. believe were believers and were just demolished and demoralized and what his town was like with all of these people and you know, there will, there seems to be, I I can't help but feel that way about a lot of the stuff I see now that people are kind of co-signing. And I think Blair White has said this, where she says, you know, a lot of people are going to pretend they were never on board with this. Oh, yeah. They're just going to act like, that's why I say, put, when people are saying this and they're public figures, you, pu- you need to push them to say it on record. Mm-hmm to say what exactly this stuff means and what they're advocating for. Because, so you're advocating for biological men and women's prisons and shelters and locker rooms. And that was the other thing. I was looking at my daughter and I'm like, I don't want, I don't want these, I don't want her to have to worry. Worry. Mm-mm. I was so uncomfortable when I was a young girl going through puberty to the thought of uncomfortable having uncomfortable with boys in same there? sex. Yeah. yeah, you just like I. Uh, yeah, I know. And this is supposed to again. People are supposed. And then there's like this whole weird because we live in such a raging narcissistic time. There's this whole culture of people where it's like cool to be a parent of one of these kids. Uh huh. And this is where I say, because I had I had an internal debate, you know, like, should the state be saying you can't get this care for your child if you if you feel that's right for your child? And then I see these moms on Instagram. I'm like, nope, (laughs) shut it down. (laughs) Uh, By the way, uh, you brought up Eleanor Schwarzenegger's dad, who was a Nazi uh, twice now. Nazi. Um, But let me just say this. You said his phrase was be useful. Be useful. I think that's fantastic. I don't think you should say it came from Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad. <laughs> the country that was like useless eaters. Let's kill them all. Yeah. I mean, a part of it is kind of like whatever you do, be useful because this will come back again. <laughs> I know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to. No, I, I know. I hate I know. like. I was like, I don't even know how to explain this. No, I know. Because I was going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad, but then if I neglect to mention that he's a Nazi. Just say it's yours. I'm not going to say it's, I I hate, okay. It's my mantra. It's my, you know what? My mantra is just keep going, which. Very good. Which is mine. But, you know, I don't like stealing things from people. And I, I, uh, but you're right. I probably shouldn't. (laughs) No, but I, I think it's a profound, the way. You said it. It is a profound statement because people are not being useful, useful, you know, 
But then the Nazi thing just kept going yeah, in my I know, head. I, know. <laughs> I had this whole thing. I was writing about it. And this is the thing you like t- tiptoe. And this I is know. what I hate about the, the the modern culture is that I'm hyper aware of like, oh, that's going to get clipped. And here's mm-hmm. Bridget saying like, mm-hmm. be useful like a Nazi, which is not what you I'm just saying. Have to, I know. I know. You just have to. And let then it I go. was thinking like it, it led me down this other weird rabbit hole of like, are you still considered the greatest generation if you were a Nazi? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're the greatest generation on the winning side. Only the winners were the greatest Only, generation, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah. what I came down to. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking too, just about how much this must have affected his, like Arnold's psyche, and oh. and why he loves American a, might, and right. he's so you know doesn't want to lose. Yeah. it's really he's an amazing, fascinating. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Ama- amazing it's an guy. amazing story. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, um, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you. Uh, good to see you too. We'll talk again. Thank you for having me especially now that you're in texas yeah just a reminder i'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people 